Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 305 and it's brought to you and you and you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use the code CLNS50 to help the show out. It does a great deal of service when you use that and you uh, go to the website and sign up for a free account and do a little gambling. You know, obviously uh, do it responsibly. Don't go all crazy and shit like that. But we're back. Back talking bees. Uh, a little bit of a hiatus last week. Uh, a rare one. We normally record every week. But, um, you know, when you work uh, work with multiple people in the, uh, in the uh, you know, 40-hour work week, uh, you're bound to, bound to get something when the, uh, when, when the weather changes to the cooler side of things. So I apologize to our sponsor, betonline.ag, for my absence. I apologize to Kevin uh, O'Keefe, who's not joining us today, and Dom is not joining us today. Dom is having family time. And uh, sh- birthday, shout out to Mr. Dominic Tiano, hey, our happy friend. Birthday. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a fucking beauty, I tell you right there. Um, love Dom and, and loved everything that he's doing, and hopefully he continues to get better every day and uh, we get him back on the program uh kevin's uh, got some things going on he can't record due to some uh technical issues and he doesn't want to use his phone so we we just we were worried about the audio uh, on that end so kevin's gonna take the week off but in uh in both absences we do have a black and gold productions colleague mike sullivan you heard him chuckling over here a little <laughs> while ago and he is the uh, the host of the Something's Brewing Hockey Podcast on the BNG 
Podcast Network. Thank you very much, Mike Sullivan. Thank you, uh, and welcome back for what seems to be like the twelfth time uh, you've yeah. been on the uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. How you doing today, <laughs> sir? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to stay warm in this cold weather. I know I'm saying it's cold right now, but I know in two weeks when December hits, it's going to be like two degrees. So <laughs> trying to stay warm now, but I know it's only going to get colder. Exactly. And two degrees <laughs> isn't bad, man. You know, we get out there on the pond, start stretching the legs, getting the, the beers, the outdoor uh, road sodas going and, you know, play oh, yeah. some pond hockey. I, I can't wait for that. man. I can't wait. It's oh, That's the best time of the year. It is. It uh, absolutely is. Um, well, we do have some uh, good news. I want to, I want to start off with, um, and I, we'll, we'll get to the Boston Bruins talk soon, but it's all relevant here. Um, we finally crossed the threshold of media credentials in the national hockey league. We finally got up to the ninth floor as a company black and gold productions is, you know, it, we, it's, it's once, but we're opening the door for more opportunities to cover games. I want to give a shout out to Gail Troiani. Uh, she was um, our representative. Representative. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that one, the second the attempt was worse. <laughs> Jesus. It's so bad, but she represented <laughs> us up on the ninth floor in a, uh, the game against the um, Vancouver Canucks. And uh, I want to say congratulations to Gail. Gail has uh, Gail used to work for the uh, Lowell Sun. And she was a credential writer back in the day uh, with the American Hockey League, like Lowell Devils and and all that Lowell Lock Monsters and so on. And she finally got back into the garden. So congratulations to her. But you know, um, shout out to everybody at BNG who has been really working their ass off um, for this opportunity. And uh, hopefully I get my game sooner or later. I did get a preseason game this year, uh, but the regular season threshold still is on my list. Um, I am putting in for the one o'clock game on Friday after Thanksgiving. So hopefully I get that. That'd be really sweet to, uh, to finally uh, get up there as well. And Mike, you've been up there uh, on the uh, preseason game as well. So congratulations to you and your work at BNG as well. Uh, very deserving. So uh, the experience is a, is a, is a, is a good one, isn't it? Oh my God. It's the best. And yeah, I was following Gail on Twitter when she was over at the, uh, vancouver game she did an awesome job it's honestly it's such a good experience and it's um you know something that hopefully the people who are grinding over here at bng they take the um the opportunity and and really run with it absolutely absolutely and with that being said we're always looking for more podcasters on the podcast network and we're always looking for more website writers so if you're interested please send me a a cover letter and a resume uh to uh black and gold productions llc at gmail.com we'd love to have you we'd love to get more people on there and try to get more daily uh bruins content out there as much as possible it's a fun uh group that we have together uh we do you know trips to the warrior ice arena for um for development camp we go to training camp we go to buffalo uh, we're going to go to the draft um and you know we're getting up to the ninth floor so if you want to jump on that opportunity as well and you live locally and able to travel hit me up. We're always looking for more talented digital content creators. Um, a couple more things I just want to add because it's been a couple weeks, but we do have a Patreon giveaway uh, this month. So at the end, the final Sunday of uh, November, which is coming up quickly, we'll be giving away an Andy Moog hand-signed jersey for our Patreon members. So please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate $1 for that. And also, this is the last one. I really want to start 
uh, getting this more involved is uh, we do have a black and gold hockey podcast, a listener hotline. And I really, really want fans to call in 24 hours, seven days a week, 365, whatever. Um, I don't care if you have a Bruins related topic and you can, you can, you know, speak briefly about it. We'll add it onto the program and we'll, I'd like to get some audio segments every week from Bruins fans that want to um, tune in and uh, listen to themselves talk and, and, and have us answer a Bruins related question. So I think that'd be a lot of fun to, uh, to do. So please get involved. The number is nine, seven, eight, five, Oh, four, two, seven, two, seven. All right, my man, uh, let's not waste your time anymore because we're only here for about an hour, but uh, we do have some Boston Bruins hockey talk to go over. All right, so let's start with the game that Gail went to as a media member. That was the Vancouver game on Sunday, November 13th, and it was a Boston Bruins 5-1 to victory over the visiting Vancouver Giants. And then the Boston Bruins had three days off, which is kind of rare for this team and this schedule and so on. Uh, and then they played Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday at home, beating them 4-1. to And obviously last night it was a big game at home again uh, to close out the um, the three-game homestand with a huge 6-1 to victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. Unbelievable game. Uh, welcome yeah. back, Jeremy Swayman and so on. Uh, so without getting into too many details about about what happened in each game, let's let's just get a broad stroke of what the week looked like for us. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell me how you felt from Sunday to Saturday? Well, first of all, the offense is clicking on all cylinders. They're firing right now. Every period they play, it's like they come out and they're just they're hungry and they're ready to go. Um, Connor Clifton has been unreal. I think he's he scored two goals i believe um over that stretch and he's kind of coming out and solidifying his spot in the top six um of our defenseman as well he's been playing so well um obviously strong games from bergeron um on the verge of a thousand you know that's a milestone that only i think only three players in bruins history have hit so when he hits that it's going to be an unbelievable moment um, Olmark's still hot as ever. Swayman's back. Everything's looking up Bruins. It's looking really good. Yeah, it's it, it, it certainly is. Um, just the three games last week at home and just wrapping up an unbelievable homestand. Yes, um, still undefeated at home too. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy. Um, they are, the Boston Bruins are 11-0 and at home and they're 5-2-0 and on the road. They are currently on a 9-1-2 in the last uh, 10 games, and they are currently on a six-game winning streak, which is which is absolutely a wagon. Not a wagoon steak, not a wagon <laughs> do- dog's tail, a wagon. Wagon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, it just – let's just go back to, like, like over the off season, I know that I know that you were you were really pumping the tires of an eighty two and O season. I was giving yeah. you, I was giving you crap, like dude, pump the brakes. It's never really happened, and so on. But here we here we are, right near the Thanksgiving holiday, which is which is just days away uh, this week, and that's like the catalyst for a lot of uh, media members, including ourselves, to kind of figure out where the Boston Bruins are going to sit. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know, the playoff conversation. 
in the postseason and blah, blah, blah. But during the offseason, I would, would never, ever, ever even think with the list of people that players that were off the lineup, Marshan, um, uh, McAvoy and Grizzlick and Riley and the, all those guys that were slated to miss time that beginning of this year, it's the next man up mentality. These younger players are stepping in. Jim Montgomery as a coach and along with defensive coach, John Gruden just seemed to give everybody the, the longer leash when it comes to creativity, especially offensively. It's almost like day and night when they had Bruce Sullivan, uh, Bruce Sullivan, <laughs> Bruce Cassidy and, um, and uh, Jim Montgomery. It's just like it, it, the, the message seems to be a fresh one that the players really enjoy and seeing him on the bench. He's, he's much so much like a player which is yeah. so, you know, it's so easy to get along with that guy and just like run through a wall for somebody like that. So what we're seeing is just absolutely amazing. And I hope it continues. And I know there's, I know there's some pundits out there that are always like, Oh, you know, it's, it's only November pump the brakes. It's not April. It's not May or April or April or May, whatever, you know, but why can't we just have fun with it and love it and just, and just roll with it. It's a fucking wagon. Get on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not on the wagon, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, like in the beginning of the year, in the off season, I, I was, I was saying 82 and oh, and I didn't believe it obviously, cause it's never going to happen, but, um, they only have two losses right now. And it, in realistic terms, I was really thinking we were going to be still going to be above 500, maybe a couple games over by the time Marshawn and Bergeron come or not Bergeron, um, Marshawn and McAvoy came back. And like you said, never in my wildest thoughts, I would have thought we would have started the season 16, two and oh, like it's, it's unbelievable. And, and the, um, the, um, the, 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 the threshold for teams at Thanksgiving, usually, like you said, translates over to what the rest of the season is going to be like. And the fact that they only have two losses and Thanksgiving is coming up this week, this, this is, might end up being the season if they continue playing the way they are it might be the best record in, in franchise history. Yeah, they're, it, that, they're off to that hot of a start. Yeah, it's trending towards that way. And, 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 and surprising, as surprised as we are as Bruins fans and reporting on this on a weekly basis and a kind of a daily basis on the social medias, you got to look at another team as well that we, we thought might even be the bottom barrel of, of the league in the New Jersey Devils. They're also on a, on a kind of a, a winning streak as well, or or a, a best start to their year or their franchise as well. So it's it's really interesting on how the coin's been flipped on many of our thoughts uh, during the off season and where we're going to be. I mean, I was always pumping the brakes that the the Boston Bruins would would you know be just a, a little above water, you know, breathing just a little bit until they get these complementary players back in the lineup and. And go from there. I mean, you get everybody back in like mid to late December. That's really not a bad run if you're trying to like secure a um, a wild card spot, which I was talking about back in the off season. Yeah. But now it's like sixteen two and zero or, or whatever, and it's just like whoa, this is so different. This is like so different. It's 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 almost like I'm a kid in a candy shop again. Yeah, like I just <laughs> don't know what to do. I'm like, my emotions are split in like 30 different areas. Like what is going on here? But it's a great feeling. It's a really good feeling. And I really hope that the Boston Bruins continue 
Um, because if they, the more they continue this success, not only is it good on the players, you know, for contract years and so on, but it's also just what a statement of an addition of the coaching staff that needed to be changed. In my opinion, I, I, I was a Cassidy guy. Yes, I was, but I also said, Hey, he's been here six years. That's a little over the timeline of, a, of an actual NHL coach. A lot of coaches don't make it to that far. The, 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 um, the meshes get stale. That's very true, you know, and and this needed to happen, obviously. And now we're just reaping the benefits. I mean, everything's being paid dividends right now, and it's and it's really exciting. So um I'm just I'm just absolutely pumped to to be talking about a team that is just on a wagon. And I like I said, I'm just I'm I'm dumbfounded on on what to talk about because they're so good. Yeah, and and even in the beginning, um, you know, I a big um factor in this team go, starting so hot is uh, Linus Allmark. I don't think anybody saw Linus Allmark having this good of a start to the season. We were we were all talking about 1A, 1B. People were talking about Swayman starting over Allmark, and he just made everybody shut up. Like he's He's been one of the top two, top three goalies in the NHL. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll touch on him and, and some other goaltenders because I do want to talk about the goaltending depth because I think it's important for everybody to know what's below Lanius Allmark and Jeremy Swayman and how they're doing and, and how they're coached and so on. I think it's uh, a little underrated from uh, the folks out in the uh, the ranking systems and so on. Um, hey, why don't we start off before we get into talking like the regular topics and so on? Why don't we start off with a, a voicemail from our, our good friend Sharon Dietz? And she's got a very interesting question because she, she's he she seems to hear a narrative that was heard years ago, but doesn't really translate to today's hockey. So let's hear about uh, let's hear what Sharon has to say in this recent voicemail, which you can uh, participate at 978-504-2727, anywhere worldwide, 24-7. Hey, Mark, it's uh, Sharon Dietz here, um, calling from uh, Boston, Mass, uh, in the South End. Uh, quick question for you. Um, I thought about this, and uh, just only because just recently just continually listening to broadcasters and continually referring to the Boston Bruins as the big bad Bruins, which they haven't been for several years. So I would love to hear your guys take on that, like how you think like the team has evolved from that and why you think that people still don't think that, you know, that the Bruins have moved on from that and that are much more skilled players and not, you know, like the grinded out, hit them, you know, like team that they used to be because continually, especially on like NHL Network, like all they keep referring to the Boston Bruins is like the big, bad Boston Bruins. And they haven't been that for a while. So I'd be curious as to your guys' take on that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, thanks. Bye. That's the awesome Sharon Deed. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about this different perspective here because I'm, I'm in my mid forties and you're obviously like 18, right? 25. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so when you hear Sharon's question, okay, as a younger uh, gentleman in the world and, and, and a huge passionate Boston Bruins fan, 
what do you take from that and 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 what you know from the past and what you've seen today well from the past i it's such a different game so the big bad burns to me i don't know too much about the the 60s 70s 80s but to me the big bad bruins were defined by milan lucic sean thornton gregory campbell um you could throw in Adam McQuaid, Johnny Boychuk. You could throw in all those names. Um, but she's right. They haven't been that for a while. And I think it's because the game is trending away from that. You you definitely still need a heavy lineup in, in some areas, bottom six. Um, but the game is more speed. It's more skill. Um, you see guys like Connor McDavid. Um, he's the best player in the league right now. He's flying up the ice with the puck. He can skate a million miles an hour and make moves. And, yeah, they haven't won a cup, and they haven't really seen a ton of playoff success yet. But still, you need to keep up with the times, and you need to have a speedier team now. Now, with that being said, though, you also need to have that heavy addition to your lineup in terms of um, when it comes to playoff time. Because everyone knows playoffs is a different game. In the regular season, you're trying to get as many points as you can, score, wheel up the ice, fly up the zone, do whatever you can to secure a point. But when it comes to the playoffs, it's a hard-nosed game, you know, uh, blocking shots, hitting guys, really grinding out those wins and those series. Um, but she, she's right. They're, they're, they shouldn't be defined as a big, bad Bruins team because when you think of that, you think of guys like Cam Neely or – or you know Ray Bork guys guys who play that physical style all 82 games of the year and and really grind teams down um but yeah she's right they're they're not that team anymore they they're more speed they're more skill Marshawn Bergeron Taylor Hall um AJ Greer is a little bit of a big bad Bruins character same with Nick Foligno but yeah, yeah it's it's definitely trending more to speed and skill yeah, and I understand what she's saying too because I, you know, I think she's been around for a little while as well, like me, and seen some of the old teams, uh, you know, the Millburys, the Parks, the the Johnny Winsacks, the you know the, uh, the Stan Jonathans, um, it, it, you know Johnny Pie McKenzie. I mean, some of those guys were like putting in two hundred penalty minutes a season, but also scoring thirty goals. Yeah. You know. That's just something you don't see anymore. You're not going to see, uh, you know, Ryan Reeves out there getting 30 goal seasons. He's going to more apt to have like a 300 penalty year. But that's, you know, I just, I kind of understand what she's saying. But a lot of these commentators and these analysts and so on do come from a, a time where, you know, I was born and so on. So maybe it's just they don't know any other lingo to call them, you know, besides what they've known in the past. Now, I'm not a fan of them calling the big bad bro and just calling the bees and so on. But, you know, yeah, I just, it's, I thought, of, uh, it's it's like the flyers. Are they still call them the broad street bullies? They haven't been like they haven't been that since the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> and they certainly aren't that uh, this year as well. Right. Because right. uh, John Tortorella would say they suck. Yeah. They don't <laughs> that, was, that was funny. They don't forecheck. <laughs> what do they need to do better? Forecheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Seeing Torch get all bent out of shape is, is uh, one of my favorite pastimes. But also, yeah. I like a happy torch too. You know, yeah. like <laughs> like when somebody left their phone up there. You know, you know when you bring your phone to the freaking desk uh, where Jim Montgomery's sitting and so on, and yeah. all of a sudden the freaking his mother, uh, the 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 writer's mother's calls. That was a funny moment. That was <laughs> yeah, a that great was moment. 
Yeah, you. I think you were talking about the one too where the fan asked Tortorella for the selfie behind the bench, and he was just like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> no." <laughs> yeah, no shit. All right, uh, let's move on to another topic. Uh, Jake Tabrask has um, obviously um, been reborn, kind of sort of, since last year. Um, this seems to be a message with him that uh, has arisen. Uh, his spirit, whether it be, uh, I want to be a team player again, and I want to stay with this group, and and. You know, obviously he rescinded his trade request and he's doing really well since last year. Uh, his numbers are pretty phenomenal. Ty Anderson had a, a, a tweet not a couple of weeks ago saying how, how well and, compare, and comparable he is to some, some very well-known players in the NHL. But um, his success greatly comes from who he's accompanying on the, on the top line. And that's primarily Brad Marchand and, 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 um, and, um, Patrice Bergeron, but it seems to me that Jim Montgomery is a, is not a, a creature of habit. He likes to um, like move things around when he sees that, you know, there might be a hole somewhere where he can be adjusted. Um, basically the point what I want to go to is like for weeks uh, during the uh, off season, uh, fellow BNG um, podcast host, Don Tiana was mentioning that the Boston Bruins and Jim Montgomery shouldn't get into Jake DeBrus' head by moving him up and down the lineup, much like uh, you know he did in the past, because it didn't look like he was gaining any chemistry with any of his players. Now it seems like he is gaining that chemistry, and he's playing well, uh, really turning everything around. And really happy to see, by the way. But is him going down to the second line and bouncing back up to the first something that could hinder? that typical uh you know good season breakout year for him i don't know i I, if this was last year i would have said yes but i i think with this year it's there's a whole different vibe around the team and i think he's okay with moving up and down that spot i think preferably he would rather stay with bergeron and marshawn i mean who wouldn't i i would too yeah exactly yeah but i i think he's he's okay with it because i think he knows that he has uh, Jim Montgomery's confidence and his trust rather than having to rely on Bruce Cassidy and not really knowing what his plan was with him. He's, he's more confident in Montgomery than Cassidy for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I just hope that, I hope it's just uh, one of those, like we just need to patch a hole for a little while and then everything gets back together. But you know, uh, I do, I just I kind of always think of what what Dom says is you just don't want to get into his head when he's actually doing good. You know, right. you don't want to fix something that's not broken. So, um, yeah, just something I wanted to bring up. I think he's doing really good. I think he's just, you know, he's getting to the net. He's grinding his way there. Sometimes I, I always kind of think of the past when I'm talking about Jake DeBrusque and his game is he's very heady. He's very speedy. But earlier in his career, it was more like he would. He would try to gain, you know, that uh, competitive edge by going to the wide side towards the towards the uh, the boards and work his way into the net. Where I thought that he was getting closed off and pinched off way too early and 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 trying to make something out of nothing, um, kind of like a wasted opportunity. But more now, I see him away from the boards and more straight line towards like the goal. And I, I like what I'm seeing from him. I think he's just really getting to those dirty areas in front of that crease that's that, you know, make players like him really successful. And I think that he's going to have a, a really big year if he can keep that consistency going, you know? Yeah. And, and 
I noticed too, um, Montgomery likes to put him on the power play right in front of the net. So he loves being that net front presence. And he's really good at it too, clearly, because the power play is clicking right now. And um, the more opportunities you're going to give him and the, and the longer you're willing to stick it out with him in those opportunities that you give him, the better for him. It's, gonna, it's only going to make his confidence go higher. Um, he's going to be more willing to battle through maybe some low moments when he's not really hitting the score sheet, but he knows he's still getting the, the opportunity to be in that position. So I, I think, I think DeBrusque is good. I think he, I think mentally he's okay. I think he's confident in himself and um, you know, I think he's just going to keep skyrocketing on this team. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. Um, we're about the mid show right now. Why don't we hear from our show sponsor, at betonline.ag. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> betonline.ag remains your number one source for all your sports, betting, and football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline.ag. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. BetOnline.ag features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf and other events. Head to the BetOnline.ag website to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag is where the game starts. Yeah, so I like to get my gamble on once in a while, and BetOnline.ag is my go-to place for that. So, like I said, please use that code CLNS50. It does us a great deal of service. It helps us pay the the bills here at the uh, Black and Gold Sports Media Company and uh, keep the lights on, you know? Keep keep this guy over here employed, basically. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... So um, we are back, and uh, we obviously we thank Ben Online for the, the many years of service. Uh, they've been a, a great, great, great um, partnership with us, So, and we love them. We hope that we continue to do so. Uh, jumping back into these Bruins topics, uh, I want to get into some Bruins goaltending discussion, and it's not just what we just talked about with Linus Allmark and, and Jeremy Swayman. We are going to talk about those two, but... Um, more or less, it's. I want to get into the depth. Uh, I think it's it's it it goes so un, underrated with what's going on. From you know when you take the NHL blinders off and you actually see what's going on in the lower levels of the Boston Bruins organization. But before we do that, I want to get to our friend uh, Maria from Watertown, and she has a uh, a voicemail that she sent a couple weeks ago. And I do, I just want to, uh, play it because I, you know, I love Maria and I want to make sure that we get her uh, on so we don't waste her time. So, but she's got some interesting talking about, uh, the depth and, um, and here she is. Good morning. This is Maria from Watertown. And my question is, um, related to the goaltending situation with Jeremy Swayman's injury and no timetable set for his return, when do you expect um, Kincaid to make his um, start in goal? And are we at all worried about uh, Linus Olmark's workload to date this season? Thank you. Bye. All right. So. This was obviously done a couple of weeks ago, but I want to show respect to Maria. Uh, she took the time to call the number and so on. And um, there was a couple of things that are kind of out of date 
But I do want to touch on one thing that she talked about, and that is the Linus Allmark workload. Uh, so right now, I took a bunch of notes on the all the goaltenders that are are in the Bruins organization and elsewhere worldwide. So right now, 29-year-old Swedish native Linus Allmark has played in 14 games. He's got a 12-1-0 record. He's got a disgustingly low 1.89 goals against average and a disgustingly high 9.37 save percentage. And he's currently on a four-game winning streak. This goaltender is – and you know what's funny? is in, And I'm not trying to call out people. I don't do that. I'm not the I told you so guy, you know. I'm not that person. But a lot of people came at me over the summer and even last year when uh, – before last year when Lenny signed as a free agent, the best free agent goaltender on the market, folks. Please understand that. Um, And said it was a bad move. You know, they they wanted the the Vlodar Swayman um, and and, uh, under $2 million cap hit, you know. I mean, it it makes sense that you take that money that you would pay – which you previously paid to Grass seven million dollars, and then you gave uh, uh, Yaroslav Halak two point whatever, right around ten million dollars. I think the league is time, and the, obviously the Bruins are, but I think the league is trending away from that. So, yeah, you know, Linus is signed for four years, which I thought was a really good deal, and it, and it and it really does work really well with what's going on with Jeremy Swayman and his next contract, because you, for me. Swayman is 23 years old, Alaska native. He's got five games under his belt this year. He's 3-1-0. He's got a kind of a high GAA at 2.82 and a, and a kind of a weird save percentage at 0.890%. And he's currently on a two-game winning streak. But the injury has something to do with that and, and his stay away from the game. But I think he's going to get on track, which we, we saw last night was probably one of his better games that we saw this season. He was really, really engaged, really tracked the puck very well. I'm still considering this team. I mean, Linus Almack right now is a is an early favorite for the Vesna Trophy. Oh yeah. But then you put Jeremy Swayman back into the system and you give him a bunch of games and so on. Now these two goaltenders as a tandem can also be considered uh, a candidacy for the Jennings Trophy, which yep. is the two best goaltenders in the league or the team with the lowest goals against average. So there's some really good things that are going on. But going back to like what a lot of people were saying, and they were like grinding with me saying this was a bad move. You don't sign a goalie at $5 million, not for that long, blah, 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 was the fact is that nobody gave him any time. And Andrew Raycroft has said this repeatedly on the Morning Brew Hockey podcast. When you move, either it's a trade, like let's take um, Hampus Lindholm, for instance. He came here. Obviously, we knew he was a great defenseman. Came here. We didn't really know what was going on. But once you gave him a summer and an offseason to come to Boston, move to Boston, and then have a summer with the guys working out, preparing yourself for the 2022-23 season, and now the Hampuslin home we're seeing, that's the period of adjustment players need. It's not just the players. they got to consider their families, kids in school, this and that. It takes a while for your emotions as a parent 
And I'm not a parent. I don't know any of this. I'm just, uh, this is what I, I, I talk to people with kids. You know, I'm the, I'm the uncle that gets all the kids jacked up on sugar and then gives them back. <laughs> and then I give them back. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, but, but, you know, it's, it's that, it's that one year adjustment period when you sign a player for multi-years, give them the benefiting factor of their family needs to adjust. They need to adjust, but look at what happens when they do adjust. And we're seeing this in dividends now, and I love it. Just it, it, people need to be patient. This Bruins fan base is a real, they shoot from the hips so many times. Once the signing happens, they just go right to the attack. And it's like, just wait and see what happens. Very impatient fan base. Yeah. I mean, Allmark's making what, $5 million? Yes. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's fine. People, people like to overreact to things because of... Um, like you said, it's just knee-jerk reactions. Um, you you have Jeremy Swayman making his entry. He's still on his entry-level contract. You can afford to pay a guy like Linus Allmark $5 million a year to, to be an unbelievable goaltender for you. And I think a lot of his success this season is de- definitely in part of the defensive core being so engaged, and that's a credit to Jim Montgomery. Hampus Lindholm has been amazing to start the season. And we all we all knew what we were getting from him when we traded for him, but I think he's honestly even exceeding expectations. He's he could easily be on many teams their number one defenseman. Um, if we didn't have Charlie McAvoy, he would be our number one defenseman. And it's almost like our goaltending situation um, with Swayman and Olmark being a one A one B. Lindholm and McAvoy are kind of a one A one B on on the back end, and. Um, the the just the way they play defensively it makes the game easy for Allmark and and Swayman, um, and and even when it's not easy, Allmark is still getting in and he's making those saves. Yeah, yeah, he's just un, un, unbelievable this year. Uh, sticking back to the goaltender, I do want to talk about the lower levels as well. Um, Keith Kincaid, who was a free agent signing over the off season, another one that was a little pushback, saying, "Why would you go out and get a thirty three year goaltender?" Well, there's a very good reason why. It's a trend in the past couple of years that the Providence Bruins and Boston Bruins ride a goalie with experience. Uh, it doesn't have to have a ton of experience, but enough experience that you can rely on him to break glass in case of emergency. And that's what we saw that happened uh, most recently with uh, when Jeremy Swayman had to go down and um, uh, Keith Kincaid got into a game uh, covering while Swayman was out and he did well. That's exactly why a goaltender like that was signed. There's and and but there's another factor that people continually forget is the veteran leadership down there. Everybody gets it in the minor pros. You know, there's there's Vinny Letary who's playing outstanding down there and he's leading the league in goals, but he's also like a mentor to a player like Fabian Lysel, Georgie Mikuloff, and all these other guys. There's other ways that these players facilitate the organization. It's not just make or break the NHL. There's still careers that can be made in the American Hockey League and the uh, East Coast League as well. And I just think that a lot of people forget that. But Keith Kincaid has been a really, really, really good signing and and, and a really good person to for players like Kaiser, Boosie, and others to like lean on. And speaking of Kyle Kaiser, he... Um, he got, a, a, I believe, a lower body injury, and I think he's still out. I'm not sure on the status about that. The AHL is really tough on getting injury news. But uh, Kaiser, the 23-year-old Florida native, 
has six games this year. He's 4-0-2. He's got a 1.87 GAA and a .931 save percentage, and he's currently on a two-game winning streak. Hopefully he gets back because um, this is a big year for him as well, and he's he's been really good this year. Um, Brandon Bussey, uh, he's 24. He's a New York native. Uh, he's, he played in four games with the East, ECHL Maine Mariners. He went 3-1-0 with a 2.50 GAA and a 9.22 save percentage. Then gets called up because there's always an upward movement when the NHL gets an injury. Swayman's injured, Kincaid up. And then Boosie gets up, and 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 we all know how it all the elevator works. Uh, but Brandon, um, in five games played so far with uh, AHL Providence, he's four zero and two, one point eight four GAA, and a .949 save percentage. My friend, your last podcast <laughs> on something's brewing. I was just like, you're talking about goaltending depth. I was licking my chops, and all of a sudden, you're just like. <laughs> I don't know who's down there. Yeah, I know. I know. Nick asked me when Kinkega called up. He was like, "Who's who uh, came up to Providence?" And I was like, I, "I honestly didn't know. I didn't know." I just wanted to bust your chops a little bit. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Bussy's been doing really, really good. You know, and, yeah. and it just it just tells you how good the depth is. Um, important note here too, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm dragging this on. But Michael DiPietro, who was uh, acquired in the trade with Jack Sinica, where Jack went to um, the Vancouver Canucks, they got Michael DiPietro in the trade, and he was on loan to the Abbotsford Canucks, which is the farm team for the Vancouver, obviously. And uh, most recently, last week, I reported, because I, I looked on the AHL transactions, I did see that Michael DiPietro was now off of the loan in Abbotsford, and he was in Providence. So the 23-year-old uh, Ontario native has yet to appear in any games at any pro level this season. Uh, he's with the uh, the Providence Bruins after being loaned uh, to the Canucks, and uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen because now you got Kincaid. Now you got Kaiser, who is pro- most likely on his way back from his injury. You got Bussy. And then you got DiPietro. So nothing's been said about what's going on with DiPietro yet. I expect him to go down to uh, the main Mariners, I believe, because um, you want to ride the hot goaltender. If Bussy's playing that good, then he's got to stay up while while Kaiser's down. And and obviously when Kaiser comes back, there's a there's an adjustment period for Ryan Mugenel and his staff to to decide on who goes back to Maine. You know, is it going to be Bussy uh, who is playing well? Who knows. Um, but wrapping up, um, the, the, the depth of the goaltending, uh, Phillips Vedebeck, he's 20 year old Swedish native. Uh, he's gotten into 11 games, uh, for NCAA Providence college. He's six, two and three, 2.48 goals against average and an, uh, 8.96, a 0.896 save percentage. And, um, uh, and unfortunately, you know, not all the goaltending depth is great right now, but, it's a work in progress, folks. Don't please don't take these numbers and and go off and saying that uh, players of Boston. This was a bad idea. This is still a very good idea, in my opinion. But Reed Dick, the 18 year old Manitoba, uh, Canada native, has appeared in nine games and he's got a one eight and zero record with Swift Current in the WHL. Uh, that's a four point. 07 goals against average, a 0.884 save percentage. Last night gave up six goals to the Moose Jaw Warriors in a six to nothing 
Broncos loss. Uh, the Broncos this year, a tough team, real young. Um, you know, I think Reed's going to have a better year next year when the, when the team, uh, you know, trades some, some players, gains some, um, some draft equity and uh, tries to get a little better for his, uh, his next season as a starter. But um, I still think, I still believe in the decision to, to draft him and so on. I think that Bob Asenza and uh, Mike Dunham uh, are going to continue to work with him and all these goaltenders on the list. And, and, and speaking of those two, criminally underrated, you know, the Mitch Corns and the, and the, and the goaltending coaches of, that are amazing in the NHL right now. They just, I think that Dunham and Asenza get uh, criminally underrated for what they're doing uh, in the depth of this Boston Bruins in the crease. So uh, that's it for the, uh, the um, goaltending talk. I'm a, I'm a goalie guy, so I, I can ramble on forever. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on any of that, that I said, are you, uh, is it exciting? Is it something that, you know, you can, you know, I just think that it doesn't get talked enough about. It's like, you know, everybody gets to know people when they get to the NHL, but they never really understand what's going on in the lower depths of the organization. Yeah. I mean, when people, when people were confused about Kincaid, I I wasn't sure why they were confused. You know, you're going to like, we mentioned it on the black and gold pod a couple of months ago um, when we initially signed Kincaid, that it was a break glass in case of emergency situation. And you saw, that Swayman got hurt. He was out a couple of weeks. So you bring up Kincaid and you're comfortable with bringing him up. He's got experience in the NHL. Um, like you said, he's a veteran guy. He can step into the situation and, and he'll immediately, he won't be nervous. He'll know his role and he'll go in and he'll do his job. And we saw that when he, I, I forget what game he stepped into, but he got that win and, and he looked great doing it too. So it is going to be curious to see what they do when, Kaiser gets healthy again. I think, in in my opinion, since Bussy's playing so well and DPH hasn't even played in a game yet professionally, I, I you probably want to send DPH down to Maine and keep Bussy and Kaiser or Bussy and Kincaid, or you know. Yeah, you yeah. still don't want to run it through. See, it's hard. Yeah, when the, exactly. When the, when the AHL runs a schedule that's primarily Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's so hard to like get everybody involved if you're going to ride a three-headed goaltender goaltending monster you know because you're only playing once a week when sometimes like Kincaid being the the veteran and so on and the guy to lean on he's the one that's going to get one game per week while uh um like a higher ranked understudy if I can say that like Kaiser is probably going to get the Friday and Sunday game you know because he needs the work and so on but you know Riding a three-headed goaltender down in the AHL really doesn't work. It has in the past, but it's 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 something that you, I I I would rather they stay away from. If there's if there's places to play like Maine, that's fine. If your contract allows a movement like that, go for it. Uh, or you can loan you can you know give a call, loan a goalie out to another team that's closer by. You know if if they have room, obviously. Um, much like what they did with Johnny Bennington back in the day. I mean, this, the the St. Louis Blues lost their their American Hockey League affiliate in Chicago because because the Vegas Golden Knights just took them, and they didn't have they literally did not have a place for players to go. They had to call and loan them out. So they the uh, the St. Louis Blues called um, back then. It was it was John Ferguson Jr. and just said, "Hey, do you have availability in the crease for this goaltender?" And they were like, "Yep, we do." And 
Jordan did a, actually a fantastic job in Boston, but he was still a, just a cocky son of a bitch like he is yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. He's standing. Real, he's really polarizing. A lot of people hate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Even as an old man, I'd, I'd still brush his shoulder, you know, when you know, when walking by him just to try to get <laughs> yeah. a reaction. Just to rattle him. Exactly. I'd probably get my ass kicked, but still, who cares? <laughs> um, let's move on to something else that's kind of polarizing lately, and that's Brandon Carlo. Uh, the defenseman uh, com- comes back from, I believe, what's his seventh or fifth um, I, th- I think it was seven. I think it was seven, seven. concussions since, two, yeah. since 2017, and um, uh, comes back into the lineup. And I thought he's been playing okay. I I really don't. I really don't see anything that really warrants a lot of hate. There might have been a couple of mistakes, but that happens. Everybody makes mistakes. I get it. But there seems to be the, uh, a majority of the fan base that would like to see him moved um, for the for the cap reasons and to be cap compliant when. A player like Derek Fulbert is ready to come back, who was who has also been playing an unbelievable year. You know, it's it's that comfort factor. A lot of you know what I'm saying. It's just it it yeah. it, it, it it is true. It absolutely is true. But um, so you actually brought this up as a topic. So why don't I, I'm going to go to you? Why would you think that the Bruins fans are all about moving Carlo? I don't know. I it, it's kind of curious. It's it, it's weird to me. He's he's playing top four, top six roles. He's reliable back there. I do understand that he's injury prone, so that may be where some people are coming from. It's you, maybe move on from him now, while you know you can you continually see him get hurt. But at the same time, he's part of this defensive unit. Uh, he's reliable out there. He's I believe Kevin O'Keefe said he's he's fifth on the team in hits. Um, so people who are saying he's not physical, that's just not true. You you just may not be noticing it because he doesn't lay people out. But he's he's using his body, he's using his strength to his advantage. Um, and I think it would be a mistake to move on from him right now because you, who do you who do you want in there? Like you don't want Strawman over Carlo, you don't want Riley over Carlo. You you want Carlo over those two. Um, not everybody on the team is going to be perfect. It's it's a game for a reason. You're going to make mistakes. Um, he. He does get caught flat-footed every now and then, but I think that's because he he's planning on either hitting a guy or nudging him off, and the guy just kind of skates around him. But that's going to happen when you're as big as him. If you get beat, it's gonna it's gonna be more noticeable than if a guy like Connor Clifton gets beat, just because he has that size and and you kind of expect him to just step up and and take away the space. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But yeah, no, Vernon Carlo. I am not on board with moving him. I'm I'm on board with moving Riley and uh, Craig Smith. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on board with uh with moving those two as well. I'm not a big Craig Smith guy. Yeah. I uh, I just see that that money being used elsewhere, uh, and and obviously it's to be cap compliant uh, when right. when Forbert comes back because we need. If anything, if you're going to be going down towards the end of the season and and. A, and a long playoff run, you need the defensive depth. It's, it's going to be challenged no matter yep. what. Because all these teams that are coming up from now until in, uh, mid-April are going to be going for your head, and they're going to be trying to get weaknesses to the goal. And the more depth you have in, in on D, the better it, it, you're, going to, um, you're going to be, in my opinion. Yeah, especially uh, because every year heading into playoffs, like 
and even in playoffs, injuries are going to happen. You're not going to have a healthy team going into playoffs. Injuries happen every single year, and you need to be ready. Absolutely. Well said. But speaking, let's stay stay with the defense and and talk about – some of the interesting pairings that Jim Montgomery has uh, has uh, kind of thrown out there recently, uh, whether it be for motivation or to see if chem- chemistry is made in other areas. And I'm going to take last night's um, lineup just for an example. Um, and I, I screenshotted this uh, when the Boston Bruins released the lineup before the game. So the defensive pairings, which I've been really, really intrigued by the top pairing of Lindholm and Clifton. Now that that line, that pairing, sorry, has been up and down. That which has primarily been the the second pairing, which has been really good since McAvoy came back. But last night that was the first pairing, and I thought that Connor Clifton really deserved that spot right there on the right side next to the 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 Norris probably winning uh, yeah. Campus <laughs> Lindholm. Um, but then you go down, obviously. Uh, uh, Montgomery's putting the Grizzlick McAvoy BU, uh, you know, the pairing back together. Um, and you look, if you look at the underlying numbers, that's pretty much still one of the better pairings in the league when you, if you do the analytical thing and so on and the eye test, which hasn't been that bad. I mean, Grizzlick's been playing pretty decent hockey since his return. Uh, I know he's undersized, I know he still gets pushed around, but his mobility and his, his uh, uh, willingness to get the puck out. At, in a in a timely fashion is still um, second to none in my opinion. And um, Strawman got in the game last year, last year, last night, and uh, got uh, the third pairing with Carlo. So Carlo's dropping down, which I don't think is that bad. You know, um, I don't think it's a demotion, anything like that, uh, directed at Brandon. I just think it was, you know, they want to get somebody in, they want to get Strawman in, get his game reps and so on. Um, but what did you think about the 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 recent lineup of the uh, the defensive pairings? Uh, not just last night's game, the one that I'm looking at right now, but also the past couple of games when we've seen a lot of shifting around from Montgomery. Yeah, well, I think this kind of speaks on uh, my opinion of not having McAvoy and Lindholm paired together. When you have those two separated, you could honestly slide in whoever you want. You could slide in Grizzlick with Lindholm. You can slide in Grizzlick with McAvoy. You can put Clifton with Lindholm. You could put Carlo with Lindholm. You you could do anything because you have two defensemen, two top-tier defensemen who are playing on separate lines who you're comfortable with almost anybody stepping in with either of them because you know they're, they're at that skill level where they're going to be able to sh- strengthen the play of whoever they're with, and it's just going to make whoever they're with that much better. And I think that's that it's going to show right now. We saw Lindholm and Clifton last night, and they played unbelievable. And and Clifton has earned that spot too. He, along with a lot of other guys on this team, have surprised me so much. He's he's playing so well. I was I was arguing before the season started that Clifton might even be our seventh guy. He might not even get a spot in the lineup when when everybody's healthy. And he's he's definitely staying in this lineup if he continues to play this way. And, um, yeah, it just speaks on that McAvoy-Lindholm double-headed monster that, that Montgomery can slide anyone in there. Yeah, and, and I've, been, I've been absolutely thrilled with the way that Clifton responded. And I kind of go back to the offseason. Well, yeah, it was the preseason when uh, Anton Strawman was signed to a PTO. Yep. And, and I even said back then, I'm like, 
this is the type of signing that pushes a player like um, Connor Clifton. Yep. You know, yeah. yep. if, if Connor's not going to push hard enough and show that he wants to secure a spot in the preseason games and, and, and preseason workouts and this and that and practices, whatever, then this is, this is the guy that's going to take his job and possibly, you know, put Clifton on waivers, you know, just to, uh, with the purpose of moving him to Providence on his $1 million salary, but $1 million salary and the way he, his potential is, I don't think he'd be on the waiver wire long. And I know a lot of people say that when people, when people go on waivers and so on, you never know if they're going to sneak through, but I think a player like this would be attractive to a, a lot of teams in the league. And, and it's obviously paying off for, for Connor right now because you know, he got pushed into like, hey, I'm possibly going to lose my job. I have to be better. And look what's going on right now. He's just been a totally different player, getting top pairing minutes. Um, like I said, whether it be, uh, you know, a, a thank you from the coaching staff and so on, or just we just need you there because you've been playing a huge role for us. It's been great to see, and I love it. So um, the depth is just absolutely crazy, whether you talk about the forwards or the defensive depth. But that depth also was challenged as well when we're trying to um, talk about the the salary cap and being uh, compliant at a certain time. And they waived Mike Riley uh, not too long ago, and he got into his first game on Friday night, and he got a goal and an assist. What an assist um, to... um, to uh, Oscar Steen, just a filthy, saucy pass right on the tip, uh, right on the uh, on the tape, and uh, and Oscar Steen just directs it right into the net, and then he had a five on three um, man advantage uh, blast, an absolute howitzer from in between the two circles in the Providence game uh, on the power play against Lehigh Valley, and um, really. You know, hey, if, if that was a game that had to be on the radar for other teams to look at and gauge, like, hey, we, we need somebody. And um, actually, I do want to mention something. Um, Mark Diver, I wasn't in Providence at all this weekend, but Mark Diver did mention that there were um, a, a plethora, plethora, big word for me. <laughs> hey, but they, they he said that there were a lot of scouts in the building. Now, listen, I'm not sure if all these teams were in the building just to check out Mike Riley. But if you're a smart and intelligent hockey fan, you can go and find out who is currently injured on the defense when, if, when I speak about these teams. And you could do the, your calculations effectively like, hey, that team needs a defenseman. That team needs a defenseman. That team might not need a defenseman. But regardless, the scouts that were credentialed on Friday night were Dallas, Nashville, the New York Rangers, the Montreal Canadiens, New Jersey Devils, San Jose, Columbus, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Colorado. So the press box was completely full yeah, on Friday that's night. That's a lot of teams. <laughs> but, you know, if if it, it's all on Mike. Listen, Mike Riley is an everyday NHL player. Yeah. It's just the way that the salary cap works these days that make him expendable. We need to shed the cap space. It's not on the on the player's talent and so on. It's just the cap number that he was signed at, and that's $3 million. So. To be cap compliant, you got to bring back Derek Fulbert. You got to make some changes. And unfortunately, Mike Riley is the one that has to suffer through this. But the good thing about Mike Riley is he's 
at first I heard he was sulking a little bit and like, no, I don't want to report. I don't want, well, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing. Sorry. I, I don't really want to go to Providence. Can we please seek a trade? But then maybe some inner workings, some inner talkings were like, listen, if you want to trade, we'll try to facilitate it, but you have to work your ass off down there and, yeah. you know, to garner that attention. And, you know, Hey, game one, he, um, you know, he got that attention and I, he was out yesterday because there's a three games in three days. Uh, he, I, I'm assuming I haven't seen the lineup. I haven't got the email from the Providence Bruins PR staff yet, but um, I think that they're going to be, he's going to be in today's lineup. So hopefully he has a big game too. And then hopefully there's going to be some scouts at, at the uh, Amica, ba- Amica mutual pavilion to, um, you know, to facilitate some movement because sooner, I mean, Forbert's coming back. It's it's yeah. it's only a matter of like two, maybe three weeks away. So something's got to be done. Yeah, it it does suck for Mike Riley too, because like you said, he is an everyday defenseman. Um, but and and some like some team is going to want him, have him plug him, plug him in the system. Um, and it just, I do feel for him a little bit because he's just he's found himself in a situation where he's the odd man out. And um, he's going to have to wait until a move is made. But as long as he keeps working, um, keeps producing and, and plays at a high level like he is, then what he wants will get done. And he'll he'll be moved at some point. Absolutely. Uh, uh, speaking of movement. Hey, this is a fun little. These are fun segues. <laughs> rumor has it. Actually, it's not even a rumor. More or less. I just think it's um, interesting trade talk um but oh, oh. there's a, <laughs> there's, a <laughs> there's a lot of uh folks that have been hinting on the on the idea that the Bruins should trade for um forward Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks currently on a last year of a um of a long contract which is I believe 10 and a half million um and I don't know this is you know it, a lot of the reports are saying that this is just a pure rental to address a certain need. Uh, number one, if it's not broken, I'm not fixing it. I don't see, yeah. I don't see what the point is. Um, obviously, if we are in a cap crunch right now, we we want to get rid of like the Mike Riley or Craig Smith for that cap flexibility. But even if Chicago eats half of his salary, which is remaining on whatever games are left in this in this season, I still don't. Th- I still think that even if the Bruins could put a package together to get um, a player like this, I think the money that they're still paying him, which would be five point two, is still too much. You're still going to have you're going to be kicking the salary cap can down the down the road, as uh, our friend Chris Nosek loves to say. Um, I don't think it's going to work logistically. I really don't, even if it's a, a a rental or not. And I don't think we're a Bruins team right now that was sitting in the standings at like the best in the league that we really need to facilitate a trade like this. I like his offense. I like his creativity and everything. Be a dynamite player, dynamite addition. But can it work logistically, Um, Kevin? Jesus. <laughs> Mike, Mike Sullivan, can it work? No, I don't. I don't think it could work. Although, if if he did come here, he, a lot of Bergeron, Pasternak, and Kane would be insane. But 
the way we are with the salary cap and, and by the way too we would ha- for sure we would have to move somebody by the name of either Lysel or Lori and I I would not want to do that um just for a pure rental but I don't I don't know I I understand the um the want for him on the team it would put this team's offense even higher than it already is but I just don't see it working with uh, the salary cap crunch that we're in right now. Plus the, the, you know, our, our, we don't have the deepest prospect pool and I, I wouldn't be comfortable losing one or two of those guys just for, you know, a couple months of Patrick Kane, even though that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to see it, but I just, I, I don't see how it would work. Right. On, right. Honestly, I just don't see the money working out and so on. Um, what, uh, yeah, why don't we move on to the next one? I don't I, like I said, I, I don't know if you have anything else to add. I, I don't, I don't really. I was just thinking the Carlo thing. Um, Kane, oh, Patrice Bergeron, uh, on the verge of a thousand points. Yes, yes, yep. sir. Yep. Oh <laughs> man, Captain Bergie, the Bergenheimer. I, I love that guy. Um, a thousand points. What an accomplishment for an unbelievable player. Um, the accolades just keep adding, adding up for this class act person, uh, who just has got to be the most unselfish player I've ever seen in my life or I've ever talked to, which I've only talked to once, by the way, I said hi to him in the, uh, in the preseason game that I got credited for. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's up for sure. He's like, Hey, how's it going? He was, he was, with, his, <laughs> he was with his kids and, and, uh, and Nick Felino was, um, was uh with his kids, I believe, or well, might have been somebody else's, but he was uh in the locker room with the with the uh, TV that you can like write on. It's like a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. And he, they were making like weird freaking like clown like <laughs> shapes and stuff like that. It was kind of funny, but yeah, I said hi to him and so on. Hopefully, I get to interview him soon. But a thousand points. I mean, this guy's gonna—he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's a five-time uh, Selkie Award winner. Um, and he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, and um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, uh, um, the the Bruins, the NHL, and a lot of people take the month of November and October to uh, recognize cancer and and so on. And it's a, um, a great initiative and, and, and fundraising tactic. Um, but, uh, you know, at one of the one of the uh, the cancer uh, awareness games at the end, it was it was Patrice Bergeron and he and he held the I fight for uh, sign and it was for his dad, you know, yeah. and and we had um, here at BNG, we had some uh, some intel about what was going on with his dad and so on. And, you know, we did we did talk uh, offline. We didn't make it public until Patrice did that. You know, that's when we were like, okay, we were right, you know, and this and that. We weren't, it wasn't anything fun to speculate about, but it was just when we were talking about Patrice Bergeron and possibly retiring, this was one of the conversations we were having offline and and not, you know, in a public matter because it's a private thing, you know, and we wanted to respect that as well. But, uh, you know, um, a lot of people were, a lot of Bruins fans that uh, just continued to be, uh, very trashy, in my opinion. We're always just like, what the hell is going on with Patrice? Why is Patrice taking so long? Blah, blah, blah. If you're going to retire, just retire. 
and you know, a lot of media uh, people who knew what I know knew and what Kevin knew and obviously what Dom knew were all like, if you guys ever know if he Patrice Bergeron ever becomes public with what he's thinking about during this off season, you're going to want to eat your foot seriously. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and now it's all coming out that it, it actually was one of those conversations that he might've had with his dad. Like, Hey, I know you're sick. I know what's going on. I want to be here and so on. So it might have been one of those do what you love to do, Patrice, kind of kind of situations. And I'm paraphrasing all of that. I don't have any intel on the conversations that these two had at, you know, at home and so on. But it just kind of leads down that road of thinking like, you know, when somebody does have cancer and how 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 a family member adjusts to that. You know, because you do want to be around. You want to, you want to do what you can. You, you know, you just don't want to be. I don't know. Kind of feel helpless at that time. At those yeah. sorts. You know, it's never an easy thing. So, um, but Patrice continually to do just ungodly things um, to his body and this team and the game. What an ambassador, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. And and I love having him on the team and, and hopefully his dad's going to be okay. And, you know, I know, I know it's never a great situation and so on, but I really do hope that, you know, he he's able to return for another year. If things don't happen the way this, this Cinderella story is like going, you know, if it doesn't work out, I, I really hope that he's got it in him. And I believe he does. I believe he can still play at a high, a high competitive level. I know if he, if he, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins this six Selkie this year, Yeah, you know, I really don't. He means playing so well, but I mean, kudos to this guy who just seems to have done everything with class and, and yep. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so fortunate too, to have him, you know, basically be the ambassador of the Boston Bruins, lead this team through years and years and years of seasons and, and help define and build with Zidane Chara what it means to be a Boston Bruin. And, and just, he, he embodies everything about Boston. He, he, he respects everybody. He, he leads by example. Um, and and he does it all with a positive attitude, no matter what's going on. And it's it's clearly rubbed off on other guys too. So it's it's what he what he's brought to this team. You can't put a price on it. It's it's priceless and it's it's very unique and speaks to his character. And yeah, we're just we're so unbelievably lucky to have him on this team. Absolutely, Mike Sullivan. We're very lucky to have you on this Black and Gold Productions uh, freight train covering the Boston Bruins organization and the minor pro affiliate. So we've uh, had you for about an hour, a little over an hour. So um, I just want to thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for for covering. I don't like doing these podcasts by myself. Yeah. I, I'm not a good speaker as it is. I like I babble my words a lot, but. I could just imagine me doing this alone and, and how much editing time it'll take. I could never, I could never do it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a few, a few birthday shout outs. I know we already shout out um, Dom Tiano. We hope you, sir, have a great weekend, but also fellow co-host of the something brewing hockey podcast had a, a birthday this week. And, and his name is Nick Melanson and he's uh, Mike's co-host and, and best friend over the years. Oh, yeah. You know, speaking of you two, I got—I do want to mention this. Um, <laughs> uh, 
You guys have a picture from way back in the day when you got the stash and so on. Yeah. You, you look like Freddie Prince from back in the day. <laughs> All right. So so if you do. <laughs> if you don't know who Freddie Prince is, look him up online. You'll get an yeah. idea. Just the stash alone. I'm like, dude, that's Freddie Prince. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's that's so actually him. really funny. Yeah, no, spitting images. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys have been doing a great job on the program. Seems to be getting better, the chemistry and so on. The topics seem to be getting better every week. I really enjoy the 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 hockey talk when you actually get to it. Yeah, when we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, no, it's so much fun. We we uh we have a new um hockey podcast that's on the network now and it's um um shit. Uh it's the Brew Crew. The Brew Crew and um and Ricky and I don't remember his name, but they they started talking about temple football and I was just like, Oh my God, what's oh, going really? on here? <laughs> oh, and then I, then I was like, I, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get past the five minute mark. And then I switched it to your podcast. And then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> it was something else. I'm at yeah. work, like going a little crazy. But talking I, about like the plural of moose. And... Yeah. I know. <laughs> moose, moose and Mises and so moose. on. It was actually funny. Yeah. But uh, no, I went back and I went back later on and, and finished up and so on. So. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. I just love giving you guys a hard time online. Oh, it's so funny though. You guys like freaking the, kill me. Yeah, like the gif you posted yesterday of the uh of the bear laying on his back with the little the little <laughs> fuck, yeah, yeah, coming out. And I was crying laughing. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I've been doing that to everybody. I've been dropping that gif everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yo, where did you even find that? How do you find that? Like... I just put animals pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Animals pooping, and that came up, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect, <laughs> perfect, that's perfect." Even the butthole looks real. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> All right, this is getting off, off out of the oh, off the tracks. I'm sorry, I can't speak. It's that speaking thing again. But anyway, Mike, thank you so much for joining the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast again. You're a real good guest, and we love having you on. And I know you love this shit anyway. Yeah, um, yeah anytime, man. I, I always have a blast doing it with you guys. Yeah, and uh, please follow Mike at underscore Mike Sullivan on Twitter. And also, uh, please subscribe to the Something Brewing Hockey Podcast on the BNG Network. They're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all the worldwide listening platforms. So please check them out. They do a great program every week. Um, please go to Patreon. Uh, donate $1 to patreon.com slash Podcast. We are giving away a hand-signed Andy Moog jersey this month, towards the end of the month, which will actually be the next show um coming up so we'll be giving that away to a lucky listener um uh, thank you for the retweets the engagements on twitter if we're still around twitter i hear and twitter's <laughs> gonna shut down or something like that i don't know but um follow us on the facebook follow us on uh instagram wherever wherever you find us and please um uh follow us on the uh the audio listening platforms such as apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio and spotify and if they if you listen to a platform that allows a five-star rating and a written review we'd really appreciate that because that really gets us on the algorithm and gets our show much more noticed um but with that being said i'm host mark allred please have a great week um and please um uh you know be with the your loved ones this week and uh, during Thanksgiving, and um, please do it safely. If anybody's doing any drinking or anything like that, please get Lyft, Uber, a cab, or a sober driver. 
it's not worth it folks it really isn't so yeah call me i'll come pick you up <laughs> yeah but just just don't don't uh expect mike to give you anything nice like coal or anything like that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting cold because i don't like the poo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right mike sullivan thank you so much again i really appreciate it and uh, everybody have a great week we will talk to you next week and uh oh rumor his has it a uh, providence hockey report episode two might be coming out this week but who knows i've been trying to get that done so much and promising everybody and breaking those promises but we'll see what happens with time because it's so busy over here it's freaking crazy yeah but anyway, Mike, thanks again. Uh, we hope everybody is uh, has a safe and happy holiday week, uh, week coming up. And um, like I said, we'll talk about some more of these Boston Bruins who are absolute wagons um, next week. And, and uh, Jesus, we're going to have so much to talk about. We might have to have like 10 guests next week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, guys. Uh, be safe. Uh, be kind to each other. We love you all. And um, like I said, happy Thanksgiving. And uh Have a good one. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.